Let us pray. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Second Chronicles 7.14 Heavenly Father, this is a strong prayer that I hear quoted a lot right now. It's a reminder that we, your people, have power to change the course of history if we will put aside our sinful nature and wholeheartedly seek your face, you will hear our cry and forgive our sins. It is our sins that have brought your correction on our nation. So if we humble ourselves and ask you to cleanse our hearts of all sin, you will restore us and heal our land. When we stray from your word and fall into compromise by diluting your word to be seeker-friendly, we are playing with fire. Your word says that if you are lifted up, you will draw all men unto you. Bring me back to the basics of your word. Don't let me drift too far. Teach me to lift you up in all I do and say. If I speak your truth and live in alignment with your will, you will honor and protect me. You will remove your hand of correction and heal our land. Place godly leaders over us that we will make right decisions that won't bring judgment to our land. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us in prayer. Now for the Relentless Hope Podcast with Steve Gatina, where we bring you true stories and personal testimonies that will help you love your life, lead with purpose, and leave a legacy of helping others. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. It's easy to lose hope in this broken world where suffering seems never-ending and where life continues to throw unexpected tragedies our way. In such times of strife, it's understandable that we may question God's will, His divine plan, and His intentions. God knows we will doubt and question Him. 
He sees into our hearts and he knows how much we struggle to understand him and this world. God knows how much pain and suffering we endure. It's one of the reasons that he sent his only son, Jesus, to us. And Jesus suffered mightily on the cross for us. Through his suffering, Jesus showed us what sacrifice looks like. He taught us how to endure, and he taught us about faith. There on the cross, Jesus showed us what faith looks like. Faith in God's love, faith in God's mercy, and faith in God's divine plan and purpose for each of us and our own unique journeys in this world. Jesus showed us how to have faith in God, especially when we're called to suffering. In moments of hardship and heartbreak, God asks us to believe in him, to trust in his ability to hold us up, and to have faith that he will lend us his strength and grant us his comfort. And most of all, God asks us to have faith in the journey that he's called us to walk. This week on Pray.com's Relentless Hope podcast, Pastor Linwood Dillard teaches us about how to embrace faith, especially in times of tragedy. We learn how Pastor Linwood learned to take faith walks and big, bold faith steps by trusting in God's calling for him to become a pastor and to plant a church when Pastor Linwood was only 22 years old. And we also learn how Pastor Linwood suddenly found his faith both tested and strengthened after his 13-year-old nephew was killed and his niece seriously injured after a drunk driver struck them in a head-on collision. We hear about how Pastor Linwood believes the mark of a true leader is someone who can be patient and hold on to their faith and belief that God has placed a special calling and purpose on their life. And that where someone is on their journey in this life, that is exactly where God intended them to be. As Pastor Linwood explains, our job as leaders whether we hold the title and position or not, is to support people as they grow and develop at their own pace. We hear about how Pastor Linwood is trying to leave a legacy of faith and love. Pastor Linwood shares how he strives to love everyone just as Jesus did, no matter what someone may have done, no matter how imperfect they are, we can choose to meet them in faith and give them love, just like Jesus. Whether we're focused on life, becoming a great leader, or leaving an incredible legacy, Pastor Linwood encourages us to become rich in faith and to trust that the best is yet to come. God will never abandon us. He's always by our side. And while we may not understand why we're called to experience a tragedy or a trauma, God teaches us how to endure. He shows us that he's truly there for us and that there is a larger and greater purpose to everything that happens in our lives. 
we can always turn to God for comfort, for strength, and for courage. Faith is the strength by which a shattered world shall emerge into the light. A few years ago, Pastor Linwood Dillard would receive a call that his nephew had been in a car accident not too far from home. He was riding in the car with my niece, a great niece, and her boyfriend uh, on a Saturday night before Sunday. And uh, we got a call to come out to the accident site. I didn't think too much of it, you know, maybe of some type of fender bender, and uh, we're going to go home. Uh, when we got out there, I saw, I could see it like it's yesterday or even today. We got out there, there were uh, fire trucks and uh, emergency response units and police uh, lights shining everywhere. And they were holding our family back, wouldn't let us get to the crime, I'm sorry, accident scene. And uh, then we knew something was very, very uh, wrong and strange when a helicopter uh, uh, touched down on the highway or the street where we were. And my nephew had to be airlifted to the med here in Memphis. My other uh, niece and great niece and her boyfriend, they were uh, put in the ambulance. Uh, ultimately, uh, there was a lot of devastation. Almost get kind of emotional now thinking about that moment. But uh, when we got to the hospital and uh, we were praying and hoping through the night that God would work a miracle and the doctors was letting us know how critical my nephew was uh, in the condition that he was in. On part one of this three-part series, Pastor Linwood Dillard, chairman of the International Kojic Convention, tells us about his upbringing in a family of faith and the struggles that he had to overcome, which helped him become the man that he is today. At the Citadel of Deliverance Church of God in Christ, Pastor Dillard leads one of the fastest growing churches in Memphis, Tennessee. I was so blessed to be reared and raised in what I considered and yet considered to be a very functional home and because I was so blessed and uh, highly favored uh, to have both parents in the home that loved God, loved each other, loved their family, and was committed to the kingdom of God and committed uh, to their family. Of course, being raised in the Mid-South and the city of Memphis, Tennessee, which is known for its uh, barbecue and also uh, known for its music, Elvis Presley and B.B. King and the blues and all of that. Uh, but uh, greater than that, I think what stands out to me and for me being in the Mid-South, in the Bible Belt of our nation, is that uh, our family was very, very uh, involved and committed to our faith, committed to the church. Uh, and so at an early age, I was exposed to ideals and values um, based upon the Word of God or the Bible. Uh, that really shaped uh, how our family uh, dynamic uh, would be and should have been. And so our family was very, very heavily involved in ministry and in church. My grandfather actually was the pastor. My grandmother was the church mother, first lady. My father was a deacon, Sunday school uh, superintendent and leader 
My mother was choir president, children's ministry leader, and uh, prayer warrior, all of that. And so uh, my sisters and I have three sisters. My sisters and I, we had no choice uh, rather than to go to church and become involved in church. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we were in a uh, small church, so uh, there were limited resources and, and sometimes limited uh, volunteers that uh, could participate. And so our family uh, was very, very much so uh, involved in almost every aspect of the church. And at an early age, uh, we found ourselves um, uh, teaching, we found ourselves serving and working in ministry. Uh, and really being a blessing to others and uh, really understanding what it uh, truly means to sacrifice yourself and your life uh, for the sake of the kingdom of God and for the sake of others. Uh, because we were so um, uh, engrafted into the work of the ministry uh, and other levels of the denomination that we were a part of, uh, we just saw what we did as normalcy, and it was a normal part of our lives. And so we didn't always understand and know what we was actually missing uh, because we learned to have a love for God, love for the church, love for serving others. And I'm so thankful uh, for my parents because uh, they uh, are and they were at that time, and yet they yet are the epitome of, of faithfulness, loyalty, commitment, dedication uh, to life and to the kingdom of God and serving out purpose. Uh, and I don't want to make it sound as if all we did was church, even though that was a major part of our lives. We actually had, uh, I thought, a good balance. We had fun together. We vacationed together from time to time. Uh, my sisters and I, we were given opportunities to participate other activities with school and at school with, uh, I remember playing basketball. My sister, uh, one of them was a major red. One was in the All West Choir here in Tennessee. Had another that actually played the clarinet. Uh, so we, we had normal lives. We were not uh, rich. Uh, we did not have the, the most money. But of course, when I was a child, Growing up, I guess I didn't recognize that we really didn't have a whole lot because our, our parents made sure uh, that we had the best kind of life. Our birthdays were celebrated, the holidays were celebrated, and when I look back on it, uh, I'm just thankful to God even more of how blessed we were. Again, we were not just wealthy or rich, but we were so blessed and uh, content. But uh, I believe the most pivotal moment in my life came at the age of 15 uh, after years of, uh, of hearing prophecies and people speaking over my life saying that you're going to minister, you're going to be a preacher, and even had a desire uh, as a kid to be a minister and preacher, considering my grandfather uh, was a pastor and involved and uh, a lot of my friends around me of, of my age and a little older, uh, they began to enter the ministry. And it seemed like God was dealing with all of us around the same time. And i never forget uh, after uh, weeks and probably months of just uh, praying and I was so serious 
about God and studying the Word at 15 years old. Uh, and when I look back on it, it was so amazing. It had to be God. Um, and God began to deal with me in dreams and visions, and there was just something in my spirit uh, that I knew that it was time for me to acknowledge and accept uh, the call of God on my life as a young minister. And I remember one Saturday night, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, came in my room, which was next to the kitchen uh, where my mother was that Sunday morning cooking breakfast. But the Holy Spirit began to minister to me. I felt the tangible uh, presence of God. And God just began to reveal to me that uh, you're not too young and it's time for you to step out. Uh, and uh, it was almost if it was so real that I could touch it, I could feel it, I could sense it. And a, a reverential fear came over me and I came out of my room that Sunday morning before we went to church and told my mom that uh, God had called me to the ministry. And uh, that was so pivotal because uh, I understood that ministry was nothing to play with and you don't know, play with people's lives and definitely don't play with God. And so I understood from that point on, I was uh, locked in. I was, like Paul says, a prisoner for Christ. And so who I am now uh, points back to uh, that moment where uh, I acknowledged and accepted my call uh, to the ministry. I believe after 17 years of uh, pastoring, uh, 25 years of preaching, uh, went to college, got a degree in engineering, worked in engineering uh, ultimately for Shelby County government uh, as a staff engineer and then as a project manager. And uh, then also planting a church serving our denomination as a national youth leader and its national aim convention. Uh, some of the things that uh, I think, uh, if not one thing, uh, which is most significant, that have changed um, the way I approach life, approach ministry, is one day the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to see people as I see them and not as you see them. I want you to treat people as I see them and not as you see them. I need you to handle people uh, as I see them and not as you normally would. And when the Spirit of God spoke to me at that level, uh, because everything that we do, I believe, centers around uh, how we treat people, how we engage with people, especially in ministry and leadership, and being patient with people, being long-suffering, the Word of God talks a lot about relationships, interpersonal relationships, about resolving conflict. And sometimes we can become so inward-focused and self-focused until we don't give people an opportunity to grow and develop and uh, not knowing how to manage personalities, manage differences in people, people that are different from you, people that had a different upbringing and how God is so patient with all of us and how God is so long-suffering with all of us. Uh, it, is, it, it, it is something uh, when you get to that place that you understand that God has called you to a place of leadership where you don't have your own agenda and that you must uh, uh, implore those ideals and values uh, based upon the Word of God and the very nature of God. 
And so I had to uh, take a step back and take an introspective look and put myself in a place of humility. Uh, not that I was not loving people and not being patient with people, but even more so considering my own self and uh, uh, giving people opportunity again to grow and develop and sowing into them and pouring into them and loving people for who they are and where they are. I believe that uh, that has most improved my life. I, I saw our church and our ministry uh, take off in a different light. I saw the various uh, committees and business ventures and leadership opportunities that I've had uh, take on a different form because of me. Many times people uh, may shift the blame, uh, but a lot of times we take an introspective look and, and, and then through the filter and through the eyes of God, view life, view people. And when you do that, you will handle life and people in a very, very different way. I think the most difficult uh, thing that ever happened to me uh, was a few years ago uh, when my nephew was killed by a drunk driver. He was riding in the car with my niece, great niece, and her boyfriend uh, on a Saturday night before Sunday. And uh, we got a call to come out to the accident site. I didn't think too much of it, you know, maybe of some type of fender bender, and uh, we're going to go home. Uh, when we got out there, I saw, I can see it like it's yesterday or even today. We got out there, there were uh, fire trucks and uh, emergency response units and police uh, lights shining everywhere. And they were holding our family back, wouldn't let us get to the crimes or accident scene. And uh, then we knew something was very, very uh, wrong and strange when a helicopter uh, uh, touched down on the highway or the street where we were. And my nephew had to be airlifted to the med here in Memphis. My other uh, niece and great niece and her boyfriend, they were uh, put in the ambulance. Uh, ultimately, uh, there was a lot of devastation. Almost get kind of emotional now thinking about that moment, but uh, when we got to the hospital and uh, we were praying and hoping through the night that God would work a miracle and the doctors were letting us know how critical my nephew was, uh, the condition that he was in, and eventually there was nothing else they could do, and so he passed away at the hands of a drunk driver at the age of 13 years old, a young kid that loved God, that uh, aspired to be a preacher. As a matter of fact, he always told me one day, he was when he grew up, he was going to take my church, he was going to pastor. and. <clears throat> Uh, very outgoing, talented, very uh, focused young man. It seemed like his life was just seemingly taken away from him. That was my sister's only child. Uh, and what even uh, kind of makes it even more devastating, he was almost like a son to me. Uh, he and my son played together all the time, almost every weekend they were together. Uh, but something happened uh, that my son was not actually in that car. Usually they would have been together, but as God would have it, my son was not in the car that night. But when I tell you that was a hard uh, season, hard time, here we are, people of faith, people <clears throat> who have prayed others through, people who have 
seen miracles. We have preached miracles, signs, and wonders. And uh, now my great niece has a lacerated aorta, uh, main valve going to a heart. She has a torn uh, kidney, broken bones. I mean, it was devastating. And my nephew was killed. And this is my sister's only child. Uh, this is family. He was involved in church. I was his pastor and his uncle. Only pastor or pastor, my family, I pastored my mother, father, all my sisters. They were all in the church. So I had to be pastor to them, pastor to our church and the young people that were connected. That was the roughest and most difficult point in my life that uh, I was really tested. The enemy began to deal with me in my mind and my spirit to say that it was all in vain. I remember saying, God, just take me. You should have taken me instead of him. And uh, my goodness, I was thinking about all the things that I preached. The enemy even tried to get me to question what I preached and how could God allow this to happen to your family? How can he allow this to happen to your sister, your, your parents, your grandparents who have loved God and sold out to God? And so I was in a low, dark place of uh, discouragement and uh, let down and yet trying to be strong for everybody else. And uh, thank God for true friends and a loving church family and counseling. Uh, found myself uh, surrounded by the love of God through people. And uh, thank God for the Holy Spirit uh, abiding on the inside during that moment. Uh, did not bring all together, answer all questions about why God allowed it to happen, but to accept the uh, sovereignty of God and God allowing that to happen and what God was teaching us through that moment. And yet today, there are times thoughts come in our minds, but our faith is stronger. Love is stronger than death. Faith is stronger than death. And we were able to come through that, that season and yet... Uh, coming through that uh, but I always tell people that God in time will heal God in time will bring you through and uh, if there was a most difficult and challenging time I believe that season was it may be a number of things I guess that, that actually uh, that I could say scares me but I will just zero in on when God gives me an idea and a, a vision or a dream for something that I don't seemingly have all of the resources for or the backing for, or the uh, maybe I may not even feel qualified to do it. Uh, but yet uh, being a man of faith, <clears throat> I often find myself um, fearful of what if, uh, but when I come to those moments I pull on two things. One, I pull on the Word of God that um, is full of examples of people of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, we call it the Hall of Faith because the writer of Hebrews enumerates a number of individuals in Scripture that did some amazing exploits for God. And then I also pull on past experiences and uh, begin to think about how I've taken what people would call risk when you walk into what God is calling you to do and pursuing what he's saying to you to do. And I find joy and inspiration uh, from that. 
And at that point, once I bring the word of God and my past experiences together, I just say, God, this is your idea. You got this and I'm going to follow suit uh, with what you have revealed uh, in my life. There, there are so many examples and testimonies of that. Of course, being 15 years old when I started uh, preaching, but at 23, fresh out of college, newly married, uh, one of the scariest things that I've had to do was when I planted the church so early and not went to any type of orientation and not gone to any type of class, uh, but the inspiration of God and the blessing of my pastor uh, planted uh, a ministry with my wife and I and just a handful of people. And I had to endure a lot of uh, opposition and a lot of uh, people uh, talking against and chattering against what I believe God had called. And what many didn't realize, I guess, is that in so much that they were saying different things about I was too young and I needed to wait and didn't know what I was doing. And, uh, his family, his marriage is going to be torn up. He's moving too fast. He and his wife just got married. So that was that was scary because some people that uh, I thought would have supported did not support, and some of the people I looked up to spoke against it. But all I had was uh, faith in God and faith in what I believe God was calling me to uh, at that time in my life. I think that. Uh, uh, where I am right now in my life that I believe may have been impossible to predict uh, just 10 years ago uh, in that, yes, serving as pastor in the city of Memphis, <clears throat> but the opportunity to uh, serve as the leader, coordinator, and chairman of the Church of God in Christ Summer Convention, which is uh, one of the top 10 um, African-American events that's held or hosted in the nation, uh, being able to lead and uh, coordinate that uh, particular convention and conference. I never saw that coming just 10 years ago, never in my wildest dream would I have imagined having an opportunity uh, to serve and impact thousands of individuals who uh, would uh, be exposed to the International Auxiliaries and Ministries Convention of the Church of God in Christ. Not only that, uh, of course, being in ministry, you know what God is saying, you know where God is, is, is saying he's gonna take you, but when you see things unfold as they are, you see what God said, but then uh, the Bible says, now to him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask the thing according to the power that works in you. When you see God do more and above what he showed you, push you in a place of great humility and awe, and it is sobering uh, to uh, see all of the dynamics of the local church and also the ministry of literally traveling around the nation and the world, preaching and uh, inspiring people and uh, empowering people through seminars and symposiums and participating in business ventures and sitting at the table with politicians uh, I didn't see this 10 years ago. Uh, we were just doing what God called us to do, what we believe we were uh, destined to do, and God continued to open up doors. So I think uh, 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 really fulfilling purpose and uh, 
all the opportunities that uh, God has given us to exercise our gift and share work, the influence that he's given us for the betterment of our community. And uh, just again, just growing up uh, in, a, in a very graceful atmosphere doesn't, does not mean that we didn't have challenges or problems as life would present itself to any group of people, especially families. Uh, but our faith is what has kept us over the years and brought us uh, to where we are. And I'm thankful uh, for my upbringing. Now, at times, yes, as, uh, as I mentioned a few moments ago, uh, we were blessed and didn't realize what we were missing out on. But yet there may have been some times uh, that I wished uh, that uh, things could be different or wanted more. Uh, but I believe that had to do with uh, me being a, a child. Uh, Paul says, when I was a child, I spake as a child and I thought uh, as a child. Uh, and so uh, now that I've matured, I'm actually, when I look back on it, I am very, very thankful uh, for my upbringing, thankful for all of the teachings, thankful for even all of the corrections and really getting a good view on life, on the kingdom of God and living out purpose. I would not be who I am and where I am and what I am today if I am anything at all were it not uh, for the, the base, the foundation uh, that was laid in my life by my parents and just by all of those awesome experiences. And every step of the way until we got that loan approved, <clears throat> God made ways for us it could have been a very, very uh, devastating and damaging uh, moment for our church, but God gave us favor with contractors, He gave us favor with bank and the financing part of it, and it all just flowed. Uh, but it was because we were willing to take a risk and go after what God had said to do at that time. On part two of this three-part series, Pastor Dillard talks about conquering failure and how he powered through adversity. In order to advance his life, he surrounds himself with people who are smarter than him and who challenge him on a daily basis. God has given Pastor Dillard a great vision, and now, with his powerful preaching style, impactful speaking, and the will of God, his leadership has changed lives. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com podcast. I believe that uh, God teaches us through various experiences and opportunities. I believe uh, that God allows us to be taught and stretched and empowered, number one, directly through Him or through experiences, through other people, and then our personal experiences. And part of our personal experiences are what we consider to be uh, failures. And what I've come to learn and understand, just because you fail at something or at one time, uh, it does not make you a failure. But I believe that um, error and um, the need for correction are actually uh, moments of empowerment, is moments that we, we could be considered as a teachable moment. And so, I believe all of the accolades, I believe the commendations, the degrees, the diplomas and certificates are all uh, a part of our making. But also I believe that in the moments that we don't win, in the moments that we don't get it right, in the moments that we actually fail, they also play a very, very significant role uh, in our lives. And then also looking at the uh, failure of others. Uh, could teach us what to do and what not to do and how to do and when to do. And so when I look back over my life, I can say, Lord, I thank you for everything that uh, that you've done. I thank you for what you've allowed me to do, good or bad. I thank you for the successes and I thank you, Lord, for the failures. Uh, the Bible says, for we know all things work together uh, for the good of them. Uh, who love the Lord and those who are called according uh, to his purpose. Uh, if there's anything that uh, stands out to me uh, regarding uh, a failure story, uh, maybe when I was in college, of course, my undergrad was in chemical and environment engineering. Uh, but the program that I was a part of, you had to take from uh, each concentration of of the engineering program, so that means we had to take mechanical engineering courses, we had to take electrical engineering courses, industrial <clears throat> engineering courses, and my hardest class out of four years, five years really, of uh, undergrad, I, I 
took uh, several chemistry courses, physics courses, uh, chemical engineering classes, uh, but the uh, hardest course for me was the uh, electrical engineering circuits. And I know some of the electrical engineering um, majors and uh, those who are working in that field may think it's just like ABC, ABC but it was a very, very uh, trying and very difficult time for me. <clears throat> and I remember uh, I've waited to the last, I think almost about last semester in undergrad before I graduated to take the course. And the class was so hard. And I remember actually making an F on one of the exams. I mean, I just couldn't get it. It was like I had a mental block and uh, there was so much fear that if I fail this uh, class, I'm not going to graduate on time or if I ever be able to get out of here. And uh, I found myself uh, looking at this thing. I had two options. Either I could just take this F and just say, you know what, after five years, I'm not going to be able to complete this. This course is too hard. Uh, I could either give up on it all or I could reapply myself. And after five years of being in college, I found that I had to uh, change some study habits and preparation habits. When I studied electrical engineering, I had to approach it from a different perspective. And I rarely had to have a tutor or, or someone to uh, help. And so I found myself uh, having to get a tutor. And it was just not about all of that, but what I learned from that is humility uh, and also facing problems and not giving up and really knowing what you desire and want uh, out of life and at a particular point uh, in your life. Uh, there are a number of things that I, I look for uh, for persons that I would consider to be close friends or friends at all. Uh, one is their integrity. Uh, their character, are they driven? I look for people, uh, I like to be around people who are self-starters and motivated, uh, mature, strong, emotionally and mentally balanced and stable. Uh, I like to be around people who are smart, I believe, that are smarter than me, that have more than me because it helps me to aspire, that it influences me. I like to be around people and hang out with people who are where I am trying to get to, um, and uh, people who challenge me and with ideas and conversation and even sometimes beliefs and convictions. Uh, and so I don't like to be around yes people or people who don't have what I have or as much. Doesn't say that I will not um, engage or befriend uh, but I'm very choice in uh, how I engage because I want to be a better person. I want to be a better husband, a better pastor, a better father, the whole nine yards. I think that uh, to create the right kind of environment where motivation uh, can thrive is to be an example of what uh, I am encouraging others to do and encouraging others to be and also being transparent <clears throat> about, um, about life, about ministry, about business, uh, just about leadership, 
Sometimes as leaders, we find ourselves uh, trying to keep certain things away from people because it will maybe intimidate them or cause them to become fearful and walk away. But I believe that being transparent about your own experiences, about your own failures, about your own past, uh, and uh, really expressing uh, liberty and freedom. So I think the, the there are a number of things that, that should happen or I would do and actually uh, implore and create an environment where people are free to be them and uh, operate and to be celebrated. When there is an opportunity to do something that has never been done, when there's an opportunity to see something that has never been seen, especially when it comes from God, you have to bend rules. I found out that God many times uh, may call us to do things that are illogical or that is against the norm. <clears throat> and a few great things have been birthed out of convenience and comfort. And, and so sometimes I believe that there are times that you, you break the rules uh, so that you can accomplish the goals and the dreams that uh, that God has placed in your life and in your heart. Uh, again, just thinking about my own experience as a younger pastor, when we planted <clears throat> the church at the age of 23, my wife, 24 years old, uh, went behind the ears. We didn't have a whole lot of money, if money at all. We had just started, I just started my job as an engineer with Shelby County. My wife was a school teacher. We were newlyweds. And so I think the unspoken rule was that you wait till you're a certain age, till you have certain amounts of money, till you have certain kind of people, till you have certain type of training. Uh, but uh, there was a call of God and the timing that God had a place in our spirit to step out. And there were struggles, there were some challenges along the way. Uh, but as I stand today, I uh, am thankful <clears throat> that we were obedient to God because uh, my family would not be blessed as where we are now. Our lives, our ministry, our business, our careers would not be where it is now if it were not for our obedience and breaking uh, the rules. I, um, during times that a uh, situation seems risky or there's a big opportunity or potential for failure, in those times, I really rest on, I know that God has spoken this. I know this is the will of God. And that is important for people to really understand and know uh, is when God has spoken to them, not not your flesh, not, not what somebody else seeded into you, but something that is actually birthed from God in your heart and mind and when God tells me something I'm almost like a bulldog you can't stop me you can't get it out of my mouth and you can't get it out of my head uh, and so uh, that gives me great courage and inspiration even if it doesn't make sense even if it seems like it is the most crazy idea the fact that God said do this fact that I'm convinced that this is the right thing to do really helps uh, <clears throat> helps me to 
stand on that. And then I try to share that with those who are serving and working with us so that they too can share in the, the vision and the dream, the objective, the goal, the project, or whatever is said before us. Uh, letting them know, number one, this is God, and then also uh, find myself uh, counting, would have counted up the cost and looking at the uh, potential things that uh, could challenge the success of what God has said and allow God to give us wisdom on how to overcome this obstacle or this challenge and uh, Yes, we understand that there is a potential for a loss, there's a potential for failure, but we trust God and we trust the process and we do all of our diligence. Uh, someone once told me, pray like it all depends on God, because it does, but then work like it all depends on you, and it does. And so it's about inspiring and putting faith uh, and hope um, in those who are called to stand with you, but you yourself, you have to be convinced of it. And I've seen that time and time again in my life, uh, in, in our ministry. I, I remember when we uh, built our first uh, sanctuary, we were still a young congregation, and uh, boy, I was so excited about the plans that we had. Uh, and we had uh, really spent all of the money we had raised over the years preparing to build and, and uh, we were at the crossroads and the Lord had uh, spoken to me and said, I want you to start building the church now. And this was pre, um, I guess you'd say confirmation and approval of the bank and didn't have any finances secure, but I had contractors lined up, had them working and didn't know how I was going to pay them. And the church uh, at that time, the persons that uh, with us had faith in God and then they had faith in our leadership. Uh, but I had to obey God and every step of the way until we got that loan approved, <clears throat> God made ways for us it could have been a very, very uh, devastating and damaging uh, moment for our church, but God gave us favor with contractors, He gave us favor with the bank and the financing part of it, and it all just flowed. Uh, but it was because we were willing to take a risk and go after what God had said to do at that time. Uh, when I get in moments in my life and in my ministry where I just feel overwhelmed or anxious, I, uh, I just stop. I have to stop and no working, no preaching, not even praying per se, but just sitting there to rest and to really gain focus back and recall back to my mind and my spirit. First of all, why? Why am I doing all this? Why am I doing this? Why should I do this? And for me, it all has to point back to the calling of God, because sometimes we can get so busy and uh, making things happen and getting things done that we forget about our purpose. Our purpose is what should motivate us and drive us. And sometimes we take on more than we should at a certain time or season 
Uh, I believe because we've gotten off focus and so we tend to stress ourselves out and get bent out of shape. And so I just stop everything, even if it's just taking a day to just breathe and understand that life is going to go on. And if you want to maintain your place in this life and in this world and your time, then you got to take your time, be patient. And so I really take a, a rest and really think through some things, clear my mind. Why am I feeling overwhelmed? Why am I feeling anxious? And then um, ask God to give me wisdom on what to do and restore me uh, physically and emotionally. But resting is very, very much so a major part of that. And then having a hobby, uh, either fishing, uh, sometimes reading, uh, grilling, or doing something around the house uh, really takes my mind off of a lot of things that kind of help me uh, reset. And then after I come out of that uh, period, I'm ready to go back at it again. The biggest challenge uh, I faced in leading people uh, was uh, having patience with people uh, because uh, everybody is not the same. Everyone have a different value system. Everyone comes from different backgrounds. Uh, when you're dealing with people who are adults and mature, they have been doing things a certain way. Um, yeah, different attitudes. And so when they come in context under your leadership, there's a lot of uh, experiences, there are a lot of experiences, and a lot of exposures that they've had, and you have to figure out how does that fit into where you are. And sometimes you see <clears throat> conflicts arising among them, and then, and, and then what do you do when there's conflict toward you as the leader? Uh, but I think I, I sum it all up in saying having patience was uh, so uh, important to realize that none of us are perfect. Uh, all of us are different, but the difference is that uh, on the team is what makes the team so powerful. And so uh, being patient enough to really be able to identify where a person is and why they are, how they are, and then how can I um, uh, pour into and influence and uh, bring their energy or channel the energy in the right direction and help individuals overcome whatever shortcomings or insecurities or deficiencies they may feel they have instability. <clears throat> Some people, uh, they are competent but lack character. And so I uh, implore patience with this person, get the job done, but can you really trust them? Can you move them from a place where they lack character to a place of character? That takes time. Or if a person has character, but lack the level of competence that you need at that moment, uh, but you can trust them. And so having patience, being able to um, help that person grow and develop and be trained in a certain area of competence that God may have called them to. Being patient like Jesus was patient with his disciples. On one occasion, uh, James and John came to Jesus asking him, uh, can we sit next to you when you come into your kingdom, one on the left and one on the right? 
but when you read that text in that story, Jesus never rebukes them uh, for um, aspiring, in essence, to be great or having greatness. But he channels their motivation to say, hey, it's all right to be great, but I want to teach you how to be great. And he that is among, he who is the greatest among you will be the chief servant, or be the servant of all. And that took patience. And so I think that uh, that was one of the things that uh, was most difficult for me to develop in. And I believe God allowed certain situations to happen through people and other circumstances in my life to teach me patience. As simple as I do a lot of traveling and going to uh, airports and at times the lines are long and then when the lines get long, you go in, your flight is delayed, then something is canceled here. Used to be a time I used to get all fretful and all bent out of shape and upset and be fussing at the uh, gate agents and fussing at the people on the phone until one day I recognized that uh, fussing and getting all upset is not changing anything. Uh, but there are certain things that you just have to let happen in time. Uh, I believe that uh, in order for a healthy community uh, to be cultivated, there must be a synergy among teams and individuals who are connected. Uh, number one, that is based upon genuine love, long-suffering, understanding, uh, conflict resolution uh, must be in place patience with one another, uh, becoming a, a true team player uh, and all hands on deck and everyone uh, believing and knowing that if uh, they do not do their part, then the entire community is impacted in an adverse way. Uh, many times uh, people uh, participate in communities and teams and churches and business ventures, but do not they're not all in. But I believe that we have to be all in and uh, all in to the extent that all of us win. There are no big eyes and little views. There is no discrimination. Uh, there, there is no classism of individuals, but everyone is viewed as significant and important and valued and uh, they're well, well respected. Sometimes some of my other leaders and maybe sometimes peers around me would be like, Pastor, why are you doing, why don't you do this? You should do this, you should, you should do that. But the Bible said all souls are mine. And when I started looking at people as best I could, how God would look at them, respond to people how I believe that Jesus Christ would respond to people, I saw a difference in myself and I saw a difference in the people around me. And so I think that um, uh, looking at people and life through God's eyes will make a world of difference. For His ways are not our ways, but His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. On part three of this three-part series, Pastor Dillard explains about the importance of loving your neighbor and living with a positive mindset. It encourages and empowers him to push people towards productivity. His purpose is to help people change for the greater good, become a part of the community, and maximize the potential God has given onto them.
Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. If I had the power to solve one problem in this world, I believe it would be the problem of hatred and division and discord. Um, Because I believe that uh, the Bible is right, that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And the source of a lot of warfare, the source of a lot of contention, racism, classism, sexism, uh, is all based upon the lack of love, uh, the, the hatred and the division that we see uh, has uh, torn homes asunder, has uh, torn so many things apart. As a matter of fact, when I think about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments uh, deal more with our relationship with others than directly to God Himself. Although we honor God through our relationship with others, but when you look at the first four commandments, they deal directly uh, with our relationship with God. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the Lord name in vain, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But then the remaining six of the Ten Commandments had to do more with how we engage uh, with one another and how we should respect one another. Honor your father and your mother. Thou should not kill. Thou should not commit adultery. Thou should not steal. Thou should not bear false witness against your neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. These things have to do with uh, relationship with people. And I believe that the enemy's greatest uh, tactic and scheme, as it's been said, is to divide and conquer. 
But if we can get the love of God in our hearts, the love of God in our world, that we are patient and gentle, meek, and uh, honor and respect each other, how much more peaceable would our lives be, our world be? And I would go as far to say that even though it may seem to be unrealistic that uh, we will see ever where everybody has genuine love of one another, we can change this world and people's lives one person at a time. Uh, there's a song we used to sing, Oh, How I Love Jesus Because He First Loved Me. Uh, some people would think that that song is selfish. In, in other words, that I can only love Jesus if he loves me first. But the reality is that love is reflective. The love that you can give and receive is based upon the love that you have been exposed to and shown. Uh, and so the reality is some people can't love. Some people don't have the capacity because they've never probably seen it or experienced it. But uh, I'm on a quest, and I believe that as many people that can should get on a quest to show love, share love with as many people as we can, and we can make a difference in our lives and in this world. Can you imagine the wars that could be avoided, the divorces that could be uh, avoided? Can you imagine the disputes and legal cases that can be avoided? How many people... Uh, would not be in jail if there was love we can eradicate hate and the only thing that can drive out hate is love i hate to sound uh as if you know my only focus is just ministry and church uh but i believe any cause uh that causes people to be changed people to be changed for the better uh, or to recognize the potential that they have and pursue it and then accomplish it, uh, it resonates with me the most. And, and church and ministry should be about that, notwithstanding that there are other entities and organizations, organizations and communities uh, that have that goal and purpose. But I am so intrigued and uh, excited when I see people's lives change and can be a part of that. Yes, uh, becoming a believer in Jesus Christ, but also I love seeing and helping people overcome addictions, seeing people uh, overcome challenges of their past, whether it be uh, financially or just a family dynamic that was dysfunctional. And they had all the odds against them that said that they could not do it. Uh, but to see them matriculate in spite of, to succeed in spite of, is really what uh, resonates in my heart and in my mind. To see a drug addict uh, sobered up, to see a marriage that was on the rocks and in shambles be brought back together again, it, it, it empowers me, it encourages me. Uh, when I see somebody uh, that all, all they had was potential, an idea, a dream, but but they were connected to a community, a, a faith, a church, an organization that pushed them uh, to a uh, place of productivity, effectiveness, and maximizing the potential that God had given unto them.
Uh, the Bible says, if your brother or sister be overtaken in the fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. But the most important part for me of that scripture is considering your own self. I think that if we approach life uh, and approach the things that we are responsible for from the perspective <clears throat> as we deal and interact with people uh, from the vantage point of considering your own self, that it could have been me and not being in a place or seat of judgment or indifference or insensitivity because anything can happen to any of us at any moment at any time no matter how much money you have no matter no matter how many resources you have no matter where you come from uh life presents its own set of challenges uh that we could all be in um, a state or a place that we never imagined and so when uh, engaging and interacting with people who are experiencing challenges my heart goes out genuinely because number one i consider my own self when i see someone else experiencing a challenge with their child on um, just a few days ago in branson missouri uh, there were 17 people that were killed on a, a duck boat ride on a tour boat many of them on vacation and i could almost hardly stand to read or watch anything regarding this story because I thought about that could have been me, uh, putting myself in the shoes of those family. How does it feel? What, uh, not just those that survived, but those that were deceased of, what, what were they feeling or thinking in those moments where the boat was sinking? Uh, and my heart goes out to say, they could have been me, they could have been my wife, they could have been my children, they could have been my grandparents, they could have been my uncle. And, and so uh, when you see that your actions uh, somewhat changes uh, and that you serve and you help and you work from your heart and, and not just from your head or, or uh, just doing something just to be doing it. But I believe that it is quite important that we uh, engage and interact uh, from the uh, spirit and perspective of it could have been me. We believe that the church has been called to impact the world. Jesus says go into all of the world. Um, and so we believe that uh, our world, if you will, uh, has to do with the community and the reach and of our influence. And the Citadel Deliverance, I'm so thankful over the years, have been so committed not just to uh, being inward looking, uh, which yes, is important that there's in reach, uh, but even more so uh, remain uh, on, on point with this outreach efforts and impacting people who some may not ever step foot inside of the church's four walls. And so our motivation and our drive is not to get everybody that we bless and impact uh, to step and foot in our church, but we can go out and we can impact and make lives better and significant through our nursing home ministries, uh, prison ministries. We participated in transitional uh, housing for battered and abused women. Uh, we've uh, adopted a couple of schools and 
uh, sharing empowerment to the young people there. We give away school supplies, give away food baskets to needed families, offering free haircuts. We uh, do counseling. We've had financial literacy workshops, uh, marriage workshops and symposiums. Uh, uh, also, uh, various uh, uh, times that we talk about crime prevention and offering those kinds of opportunities. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm excited to know that our church is uh, not just inward looking. Many times the church can become so focused on managing, maintaining buildings and programs and uh, quote unquote ministries that we lose focus and sight on there's an outside world that is waiting on our influence and our impact. I believe that, uh, of course, my personal devotional and prayer times is very, very uh, much so uh, significant to who I am. It's a time I get a chance to meditate and study and uh, all of that. Uh, but I'm very, very thankful for mentors and men and women uh, who have uh, taken the time to uh, speak into my life, pour into me, correct me, uh, and to offer wisdom and counsel. And also, just being around greatness and uh, observing. Uh, some people can mentor you and teach you from a distance. Uh, and I'm thankful for so many uh, people uh, in, in my life. Uh, I remember a number of things, but in particular, Bishop G. Patterson, who was uh, one time the presiding bishop of the Church of God in Christ. And, a major uh, television pastor and evangelist uh, who was right here in the city of Memphis. So he was like a, a preaching hero uh, uh, to me. And uh, I watched him for a number of years and, and he's probably one of the most uh, influential influences in my life as it relates to a preacher and uh, a leader. Uh, uh, but I remember once when uh, he called for me to preach in one of our major convocations, the Church of God in Christ. And he said that the Lord had dropped me in his spirit. And he characterized and described our ministry in such an exciting way. And even his wife began to express that for me. That was a major uh, moment for me because it revealed that you don't have to be from a certain family or have a certain status for God to be able to bring you into a place that he can use you in a major, major way. And so Bishop Patterson gave us an opportunity and expressed his sentiment. You hear that from a childhood hero. Uh, it really does something to you. It was not uh, necessarily a moment where I was just felt I was all of that, but it was humbling. Uh, to think that God would allow me to be impacted and embraced uh, by the life of this great man uh, that I believe set me on a trajectory and a pathway, a journey uh, to even greater levels of ministry and success. Um, I think that uh, one of the uh, most significant times that I uh, probably was deeply moved by our church particularly it was the brothers and men of our church uh, that had come together. All of the ministerial staff, the lay brothers uh, came together uh, to talk about 
the vision that God had given us in uh, moving from one church building facility to another uh, to accommodate the vision uh, that God had given us to expand the ministry to make a wider and greater impact on our community uh, without me knowing or having to ask of them to do so, the brothers came together uh, to talk about the need and the necessary things uh, of this immediate community and how the church <clears throat> transitioning from one building to another accommodates that and the responsibility that they had as men and they began to organize and make commitments of giving and sowing and contributing <clears throat> to the effort and the vision and uh, what they did for me was not exciting just because they were talking about giving money but what was so exciting for me and what moved me so is to uh, when I got the report of how they discussed the um, the passion for for why the the drive and the motivation uh, for doing something great is not just because we want a bigger church building but uh, they understood what the capacity would do for us in reaching more people, offering more ministry programs, offering more outreach, uh, community-based and focused uh, programming and ministries. Uh, when I heard that, my heart was just so deeply moving. I was thankful to God that uh, the, the vision is not just the pastor's vision, but now it's a shared vision that will cause our church to go from just a surviving church to a thriving church. Years ago in, in my ministry, as I was praying and asking God to work on me and I want to be a better pastor, a better husband, a better father, a better person in general, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to see people how I see them. I want you to treat people how I would treat them, handle people how I would try uh, handle them because it is easy being uh, carnal and in our flesh and human perspective to engage in life and people through our eyes and uh, God challenged me and that really resonated with me in becoming more patient becoming more understanding and gentle and meek uh, through the eyes of God and as we saw in the example of Jesus Christ and when I began to look at uh, the world and look at uh, people that I was called to as a pastor and as a leader it changed how I engaged with them it changed how patient I was with them it changed how uh, understanding uh, I became with them and sometimes some of my other leaders and maybe sometimes peers around me would be like, Pastor, why are you doing, why don't you do this? You should do this, you should, you should do that. But the Bible said all souls are mine. And when I started looking at people as best I could, how God would look at them, respond to people how I believe that Jesus Christ would respond to people, I saw a difference in myself and I saw a difference in the people around me. And so I think that um, uh, looking at people and life through God's eyes will make a world of difference. For his ways are not our ways, for his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts.
if I could go back and be less critical of anything, I think that I would be less critical of of life circumstances and certain seasons. Uh, sometimes God is in something, but because it is not what we believe uh, that God would allow us to experience or we don't even believe at all that uh, that this has anything to do with where we're going. We kind of despise it and uh, we frown on it. I remember uh, growing uh, in ministry and growing my family all at the same time. Uh, there were some very, very uh, difficult days and some difficult times. And I uh, had to make decisions sometimes whether I'm going to pay the church mortgage I'm going to pay my personal mortgage because we didn't have many people at the time and and so resources and finances were very very limited and I remember um, being aggravated and agitated I guess is the best word until I became agitated with the people and became so um, could have been a little bit overbearing and challenging their faith in the right perspective with the right spirit and attitude. And I had to check myself and check my attitude uh, not to criticize people for where they are and their life circumstances. But sometimes God allows us to go through certain seasons and certain things, uh, I believe, to challenge us, number one, and to prepare us uh, for where he would take us. And so uh, I don't think I would be so critical of the kind of car I drove in, the kind of things that I possess, but looking at them all as a part of the process and the journey that God has for us. I wish I had known younger that great things take time to come into fruition. Uh, As a young Man, uh, I think many people at the early age want everything quick, fast, and in a hurry. And so we tend to make decisions and do things that we feel is going to give us the, the quickest and, and the, the quickest turnaround on certain things. And so we make decisions, we uh, do things uh, based upon how fast what we're looking for can manifest. And so some relationships probably I would not have engaged in, some deals I probably would not have made, some places I would not have gone. Uh, And so I think that uh, being patient and understanding timing, especially the timing of God, is so very, very important uh, in our lives. There was a man that, was planting an apple tree and he was about 95, 96 years old. And some people came around asking him, uh, hey man, you're, you're 95 years old, you're planting this apple tree and uh, one day you're gonna die uh, before these this apple tree grows and you'll be able to reap the benefits of some of the apples that's gonna come from this tree. And the man responded to them and said, hey, I'm not building this for myself. I'm building for those that will enjoy the apples that come from this tree. 
And I've come to realization that uh, that's really what life is all about. Uh, creating opportunities and doing things, setting things up, not necessarily for myself, but for uh, others. I, I believe uh, the ministries that uh, God has blessed us to uh, establish and things He've allowed us to do, in uh, as much as it's impacting people now, uh, but I believe it is going to impact people in the future. Uh, through simple things as writing books and blogs and uh, various things of that nature and establishing programs uh, that will outlive and outlast myself, uh, I believe will uh, be an uh, impact on future generations. I would like to be remembered as a person, number one, that loved God, loved his wife, loved his family, and pursued everything that God had called for me to do and to be that ultimately impacted people, changed people's lives and uh, caused people to realize there's hope, there's uh, light and there's life, no matter what situation or what point they're in. I want, I want to be remembered as someone who tried his best to help as many people as he possibly could uh, and uh, prepare other leaders and individuals to continue to uh, impact the world one life at a time. And I think through um, how I uh, engage and interact and care for my wife and children as the priest, the prophet and provider of my home lends to that. Uh, my constant drive and uh, motivation uh, to ensure that we are uh, continually being creative and innovative uh, in the ministries that we believe uh, change lives and make people better are cutting edge and remain relevant. Um, and also uh, just living my life uh, to the extent that someone can emulate it or look to say, I want to be like that. I want to do that. I want to be able to uh, change lives. I want to be able to bear good news. I want to be able to give people hope and inspiration. And uh, so I try to maintain a life of integrity and character and a life uh, that is not self-serving, but self-sacrificing. And I guess to sum it all up, uh, to say that I would like to be remembered as uh, a person that was a self-sacrificing leader, self-sacrificing father, a self-sacrificing man. The trials of our lives will test our faith in God, in His plan, and His purpose for us. And that's in part, what they're supposed to do. Trials show us the strength of our faith in God, and trials help us grow in faith. When we suffer, God wants us to lean on our faith. He wants us to be like Jesus, who endured the cross because he had faith in his Father, and faith in his Father's greater vision and purpose for humanity.
Faith in God doesn't mean we will understand why something has happened or is happening. And faith in God doesn't mean that bad things will pause or pass us by. Faith in God simply means that we are willing to let go of our doubts and concerns, our struggles and strife, and to trust that God is always watching over us, to trust that God always has our best interests at heart, and to trust that God has a plan to provide us and this world with a brighter, more brilliant, and more loving future. This week on Pray.com's Relentless Hope podcast, Pastor Linwood Dillard taught us about having faith in God. We learned that even as a pastor who preaches love and faith, he could have moments of doubt questioning his abilities and his beliefs. We learned how Pastor Linwood's 13-year-old nephew was killed and his niece severely injured in a head-on collision with a drunk driver, and that this tragic experience actually strengthened his faith in God. As Pastor Linwood taught us, everyone will experience moments that test our faith, but our faith is stronger than any trauma, tragedy, or even death, and that God and time will heal all things. And it's through our tragedies and our faith that we can draw closer to God. We also learned some of the traits that Pastor Linwood looks for in great leaders, like being faithful, having commitment and discipline, a strong character and integrity. And Pastor Linwood encouraged us to be big enough leaders to let someone else be big too. And we learned how Pastor Linwood is working to leave a legacy of both faith and love. As a man of God, Pastor Linwood said, if there is one clear message that Jesus would have us share and spread beyond the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, it's that we need to love each other here on earth. Pastor Linwood explained that we can't just look towards heaven because we can't go to heaven without really having loved each other here. Pastor Linwood encouraged us to be like Jesus, to accept and love everyone because Jesus never turned anyone away and to have faith and remember that God put a special calling and purpose inside everyone's heart. Every day, God calls us to see ourselves, to see each other, and to see this world for what it can become. He asks us to look beyond the brokenness, to see the world he sees, and to believe in the world he is creating for us. He asks us to lay down our fears and our doubts, to have faith in him, faith in his plan, and faith in the purpose and calling that he has placed within each of our hearts. Faith is unseen but felt. Faith is strength when we feel we have none. Faith is hope when all seems lost. If you've been inspired by today's podcast, be sure to share it with someone you love. You never know the impact that you can have on someone's life when you just give hope 
of voice. My name's Steve Gatina, and I'm the host of the Relentless Hope Podcast. I hope you have a great day. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.